1: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times.
2: Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast bringing you into the analytical room of buffalorumblings.com. Happy 4th of July weekend, Bills fans. I'm your host Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. We talk with Jeff Kontrowski, a.k.a. Scarecrow, about some of the work and analysis he does for Buffalo Rumblings. If you've seen an All-22 film review on the site, it was probably him writing about it. He looks at players during the season, along with free agents that get signed here, and rookies that get drafted by the Bills. He does some really cool stuff besides just that, and is one of the many voices that helps make the site great for fans like us. So without further ado, the man behind the tape. He is a staff writer for BuffaloRumblings.com. You've seen all his great work there from all 22 film reviews on Bill's Players to great recipes in his Winging It articles, and a lot more. I'm joined by Jeff Kontrowski, aka Scarecrow. Jeff, it's a pleasure to talk with you. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. And uh, before we discuss all the work you do on buffaloromlings.com, do you mind telling listeners how you became a Bills fan?
1: Yeah, not at all. Uh so growing up in Western New York, it's almost a given, you know, for most of us. We have a few people who stray to the dark side of, of other football teams, but you know, that's where it all started. <clears throat> um you know, growing up early 90s, you see the Super Bills you know, that only increases your fandom. Um, and then high school, college, a little bit of that waned away. Uh, and then I moved out of the area for a couple of years and came back, realized what I missed and went from fan to rabid fan. So that's probably the origin story of my fandom in a nutshell.
2: Uh, uh-huh. and, and how did you go from being a Bills fan to part of r- bufflerumblings.com?
1: Yeah. So, the, the, first tip for all writers is always write what you know so I started off you may recall or other readers may recall with the penalty data so somebody posed the question hey uh didn't Doug Marone have issues with penalties just like Rex Ryan did and I thought to myself you know what I kind of remember that so I took a look at some data and sure enough you know Marone was just as bad as Ryan so I want to get to the bottom of that so penalties became one of those things that I knew but Beyond that, I have a little bit of background in statistics and data analysis with my full-time job, so I really tried to get into a nutshell with those, really dive in deep, and uh, CBREC Pump was something new, so that's where the penalty harm stat came in. Uh, That got the attention of the Rumbling staff at the time. They brought me on as an unpaid contributor uh, for a little while, and then I circled out, tried some other stuff on, a little more analytic stuff, a couple other things here and there, And, uh, you know, that's where it led me to today.
2: So your analytics, uh, analytical side of of looking at things definitely comes out in your articles. And in my opinion, one of the most interesting things that you do for the site is the All-22 film review on players. Now, do you have a background in football and how did you come into doing that?
1: So probably the most uh, street cred thing I have for football is one time I got yelled at from a substitute coach for throwing the ball too hard uh, <laughs> in gym class. So beyond that, that's uh, really my my claim to fame on the football field. Uh-huh. Um, so really, uh, you may notice that a lot of my all 22s focus on body mechanics. And that comes from my martial arts background. So I started about age 12, um, trying to learn as many different disciplines as possible. And when you live in rural Western New York, you don't have a really good choice of dojos. Mm-hmm. so you got to do a lot of self-study and a lot of that comes down film breakdowns, whatever you can get your hands on. So a lot of that really shines through. So if I talk about, you know, hand fighting, those kinds of things um, it's not because somebody showed me a tackling dummy. It's probably cause I was watching Jackie Chan, you know, tw- <laughs> 20, 30 years ago. So a mm-hmm. uh, little bit different take on it, but that's why I focus on a lot of those. Um, you know, a lot of the other writers focus more on the X's O's, those kinds of things. But really my forte is the body mechanics.
2: Now, if I'm not mistaken, haven't past coaching staffs brought in martial arts trainers to, for the defensive linemen to work on hand fighting and different types of techniques like that?
1: Yeah, I, I've heard of that, um, you know, depending on the team. I can't recall any off the top of my head for mm-hmm. Buffalo, but mm-hmm. I know it's happened in the past, um, you know, all sorts of levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one time I didn't actually have a, a martial arts instructor was in college and he was on the field in Brockport. Um, A couple times at the request of the coach to teach judo skills to the linemen. Mm -hmm. So it's not an unheard of practice. It's something I would honestly say I'd like to see more of. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'd be very important and incredibly useful.
2: Mm -hmm. Gotcha. With that, now you're talking about linemen. The the thing I remember, I feel like it was either Chan Gailey or someone under the Doug Marone regime possibly, but what about for, like cornerbacks just hand fighting and something like that besides just the defensive lineman, would that be useful for them? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I I think off the line, you see a little bit of that. That's very similar to what a defensive end or some of the defensive tackles would experience. And certainly that would be beneficial. I don't think you can get into it as much. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, despite the utility, You may want to not emphasize that to the level of, say, you know, Trent Murphy, Shaq Lawson, you know, their benefit would certainly be greater. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it wouldn't hurt. Um, You know, I saw Frank Gore show a clip of him, you know, doing some boxing. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, he's a running back. He shouldn't be doing a ton of hand fighting, but Mm -hmm. there's still going to be a little bit of benefit there. Get the hand-eye coordination and hand speed up.
2: Okay. Okay, great. Okay. well, which players in looking at all the different types of analyses that you've done in all 22 film and looking at different players and different games and different scenarios, which players from last season were your favorite to watch on tape?
1: Uh, it's always going to be Jerry Hughes. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, the way he approaches the game and there's always something a little different. Uh, you know, the Minnesota game was absolutely a joy to watch him tear apart. Riley Reese, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> just went to town, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything he's, uh, some power moves, used a lot of finesse, some of that hand fighting we were just discussing, um, you know, and, and the left tackle really had no idea what to come, what was coming next move. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was awesome. Really, most guys always have something. And uh, one of the beauties of Buffalo rumblings and writing for them is you get to be a fan still. So there's always that silver lining. There's always that thing you can point out that, you know, even if somebody's kind of a maligned player, you can say, you know what, this is something they do well. So looking for those little gems is is really universal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, if you're a true fan, you got to have some favorites. Uh, yeah, of course. So beyond Hughes, uh, I love watching Lashawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even in his, uh, I guess his elder years, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, he still got got some moves that are always fun to see. And um, you know, a lot of players they get a little predictable. You can think think yourself if they're in this situation. This is what I'm going to see. But uh, Hughes and McCoy. You don't, you don't get that feeling. (laughs) There could always be something coming out of their back pocket that you've never seen before.
2: Okay. Wow. Great. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned LaShawn McCoy, because I feel like this is a very important season for him. Obviously, it's is the last season on his contract, but there's been a lot of talk over this off season if he's worth a cap hit, if he's aged out of his position. Now, you've watched, you know, we all know last season, the offensive line was pretty putrid. The, the wide receiving weapons were below, were subpar, and Josh Allen was a rookie quarterback. I mean, how much do you put on on last LaShawn McCoy's performance last season on those things. And do you think, or how much do you think it might be age and just, you know, finally father father time, finally catching up with him?
1: Well, looking at the uh, the one Jets game where the blowout victory, I mean, he really showed that he's still got some some left in the tank. I mean, you can definitely see some of the moves, some of the elusiveness and speed. Uh, I still think it's fair to say he's lost a step. Um, but when you're talking somebody's borderline Hall of Fame, when you lose a step, you're still probably well above average. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now there's always a disclaimer with with any player, you know, they call it falling off a cliff for a reason. You know, it's not a slow gradual decline. You know, it really is that steep one day you're good next day you're not. So this year with the line, I expect him to be a little bit better, but you can't rule out age uh, at this point for sure. And and injuries accumulating Um, and going back to the analytical breakdown, if you take a look at some of the deeper stats, you know, the, the three point, I think it's three or sorry, 3.2, 3.3 for, uh, Chris Ivory. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, looks like, Hey, you know, they're doing about the same, um, but, you know, that's kind of pointing more towards a systemic issue. And, you know, Marcus Murphy, he's the only one who really had a pretty decent yards per carry. You take a look at where that happened. There's a couple of games where I think one of them was the Colts. They really stopped worrying about the run because they were so far ahead, you know, mm-hmm. you know, let the bills run it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, Second half, they're letting him run wild, really inflated his stats Mm -hmm. because he had so much fewer carries than McCoy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It really, to me, seems like a more systemic issue. So, you know, hopefully he doesn't hit that cliff in the Mm offseason and uh, he can pick up where he was, you know, maybe 2017.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're all hoping for that for sure. So um, which players from last season that you saw on tape were the most disappointing to watch that you thought would have been playing a lot better until you looked at at the tape?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to... To finger point and you don't ever, ever want to call it a single guy mm-hmm. um and i keep coming back to the i say this a lot in my articles offensive linemen are kind of like that puzzle you know if you don't have all the pieces of the same puzzle it's going to look really ugly mm-hmm. and i mean you could pick just about any one of those five guys you know six guys you include groy boating um swapping around really all six of those guys you could tell they just weren't a good fit with each other mm-hmm. um and really that's disappointing because you know, I point out earlier, you want to look for those silver linings for just about everybody. You want to see some good stuff, and I tried to highlight that for all those guys mm-hmm. with the L22s, because really, you know, they're all all talented. They all have something to offer, and um, you know, a couple of them got contracts. Left the team, got contracts, and maybe people weren't expecting. Well, maybe it's just a better system fit where they're headed to, and, and hopefully that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to see somebody struggling, and um, you know that it could be different.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in in saying that, I mean, just mentioning offensive linemen being disappointing last season, I mean, how much more optimistic are you for the line this season after seeing some of these guys in in some of these free agents in all 22?
1: Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a similar boat because you really got to worry about that fit and all five coming together. Mm -hmm. And on paper, you know, Mitch Morris is a huge upgrade. Uh, I'm really enthusiastic about and Seki. You know, he he jumped out as somebody who's got a lot of talent that maybe was hidden behind somebody who just happened to have even better talent, you know, where he was. So you got a couple of pieces where you're really looking forward to seeing them. Um, but if they don't mesh well, you know, uh, Dion Dawkins struggled last year, you know, had a, a great year before that. Um, And kind of struggled a little bit more because he didn't have the the supporting cast. So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of me that's still worried about those things. So on paper, I'm very excited to see what the new talent Mm -hmm. will bring, and hopefully it's as much of an upgrade as I'm expecting. But if you know they don't sink, it's maybe not as drastic of an improvement as we're hoping for.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. That's good. That's good to know. Now um, you reviewed some of the rookies that were drafted this last April. So, I mean, out of out of those guys, the ones that you took a look at, I mean, which rookies had the most fun college tape to watch and review?
1: Yeah, it, it's tough for me because, um, you know, a lot of what I do is almost like cramming for an exam. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, there's, I don't do a full-time. A lot of it is, what can I get in, done in a single night and how mm-hmm. much tape can I review, which... Um, you know, going back to my full-time work, uh, I do a lot of auditing. So <laughs> I brought some of those practices and mm-hmm. becoming efficient. And it was a long segue to basically say, um, uh, you know, really most of those guys only have, uh, one or two nights, um, mm-hmm. where I really focus on them. I really like Voshan Joseph, uh, really stood out to me. He's the one guy who thought, you know, I really like to see what he brings to the table mm-hmm. and, um, especially the creativity that McDermott and Leslie Frazier bring, with their defenses. I think they're going to find a use for him and um what really is intriguing for me with him is that they spend so much time with their nickel defense on the field that it really doesn't leave a lot of snaps for a third lineman or sorry, third linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, people bring up Lawrence of Alexander as the default third, but he spends a lot of time on the defensive line for their, you know, faster packages. And uh, you know, trying to work in this this guy who I'm enthusiastic about um and where they're going to fit them in with the, the very well-established Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, um, you know, it's, it's where are they going to do this? Where is that, that unexpected piece of the puzzle going to come in? Um, mm-hmm. That to me is really intriguing. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, you've, you've also taken a look at some of the free agents this last spring. I mean, I know you mentioned offensive linemen, but I mean, are, are any of those guys, you know, going to be intriguing to watch this offseason and, and, you know, how they're going to mesh with the team and, and perform?
1: Yeah. I mean, you always want to look at that. Um, you know, both years I've been doing this, um, you know, during the off season, there's always a couple guys you want to pay attention to. So the, last year it was Trent Murphy. Um, this year, I don't have it. I don't know I have anyone that jumps out to the same degree as that. Um, Maurice Alexander, uh, popped under the radar for, you know, kind of, uh, putting me in my place. I don't know if you recall that. Um, But he's one who, you know, I I tried to read more recent tape Mm -hmm. and um, I got it wrong with him. So he had an injury that I was, you know, just unaware of. I didn't catch. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took a couple extra, uh, a couple nights extra to really get in depth on what he could bring to the table. And um, he turned me into a believer, you know, by going through that. So I am excited to see what he can do. Uh, And the way he he really handled that situation with, you know, hey, look, you guys got it wrong. Um, Maybe you should have considered this.
2: Um, can you remind character. listeners? Can you remind listeners yeah. of what of what had happened? What went Yeah. Down? So what
1: happened is, uh, you know, I, typically what I do is I'll try and look at the the previous year because, like I said, people fall off a cliff all the time. So, you know, if you've been in the league since 2013, um, that footage to me it's not useless, but it's less useful. You know, with the limited time I have, mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time taking a look at, um, you know, really his latest year of of work, and I called him out for poor tackling. So I said, you know, I'm not really liking how he's hitting and wrapping up. And um, I think it's a weakness. And he Mm -hmm. called us out, called me out specifically and said, you know, I had a shoulder injury uh, during that year. You know, maybe that's a factor. And uh, he was very polite about it, very diplomatic. But he basically in no uncertain terms said, I think he got it wrong. Mm -hmm. So um, because of the way he approached it, I said, you know, he really deserves somebody to try and take the effort and get it right. So I went back another year um, to, to get the footage before he was injured. And, uh, you know, sure enough, it went from a weakness to a strength. So, um, you know, him him showing that, uh, courtesy to me, made me go back and, and really had two years of footage on the guy and, uh, made me a believer.
2: Yeah. And for those that don't know, that's Maurice Alexander, the defensive back, um, from Seattle. Um, it's his, it's, he's in his fifth year. Um, so, I, I, how often does that happen in general where players actually reach out to you or any of the other writers after you guys write an article about them?
1: It's not super common, at least as far as I'm aware. Um, I've had Jerry Hughes actually comment a couple uh, gifs that I've posted on Twitter. Sometimes I'll do little previews or, or I'll do little extras mm-hmm. um, on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, you know, gave me kind of a thumbs up or, hey, this is cool, a couple mm-hmm. times in the mm-hmm. past. Um, really, Maurice Alexander is the one who's called me out directly. Gotcha. Um Some of the other players don't engage, which is always good to see. Uh, And they all have kind of their unique flair to that. But Mm -hmm. um, as far as calling us out and saying, you know, look, you jerks, you got it wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think that happens too often, thankfully.
2: Uh, uh, Yeah, (laughs) thank God. Um, (laughs) um, So we talked a little bit about free agents. Now, you you mentioned Trent Murphy, and and he's on Mm -hmm. my list of uh, one of the players from last season that I see having uh, the, one of the biggest jumps, as long as he can stay healthy, is there somebody else that you can think of, or or would it be Trent Murphy being that guy from last season that you know didn't really completely perform on tape, but you know has a really big chance to 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 make that jump this season?
1: Yeah, actually, Trent Murphy would have been uh, the one I picked, and I was really intrigued with him uh, last year for a couple reasons, um, similar to Lorenzo Alexander he had been asked to do a lot of weight fluctuation in prior years and uh, a lot of position changes. So Mm -hmm. you really didn't know what you had in the guy. And uh, I think it would have been 2016. They finally said, you know what, we're going to really commit a little bit better to, to what you're doing. And uh, he had a hell of a season and it was, you know, at defensive end where you could tell he really didn't have a ton of experience with it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I pointed out in his all 22, you know, Hey, look, he's he's probably just learning some of these skills, at -hmm. least on a, a permanent basis. And he's already displaying a pretty good amount. Um, So he's, he's definitely one I want to take a look at. And then kind of an unspoken thing is uh, you know, he's coming off major injury, which I think people are aware of, but he also had that suspension the same year for, for PEDs. Mm -hmm. And some of the, you know, the collateral damage that can come from those is always going to be a factor. So, you know, his story was um, you know, and and for some of these guys, it's got to be the truth. You know, I didn't know what I was taking. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, it was off the list, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that's accurate with the guy and, uh, you hope that's the case and, you know, see how he comes back from that too. So beyond the injury, you know, there's a few things he's gotta, gotta come back from, but, um, even there, you know, coming back from that injury, coming back from the, the year off, um, I think he put up a heck of a fight between him and Lawson. So, mm-hmm watching those two guys and uh you know see if one of them grows is going to be a huge battle.
2: We're going to take a quick commercial break but we'll be back shortly with the second half of our interview with Scarecrow.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated no matter where your day takes you, whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from SmartWater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? SmartWater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, SmartWater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
2: Welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and back with the second part of our interview with Buffalo Rumbling staff writer Jeff Kontrowski, a.k.a. Scarecrow. You know, Matt Perino of NewYorkUpstate.com recently did an article with some bold Buffalo Bills predictions, including Josh Allen throwing for 4,000 yards a season. Now, you also wrote an article statistically detailing your thoughts for Josh Allen's second season based on a number of different quarterbacks and looking at basically the floor and the ceiling that he could be. Now, do you agree with Matt that Bills fans may see their first 4,000-yard passer since Drew Bledsoe?
1: Oh, that's tough. Uh, You know, trying to do the math in my head on on what that is per game. Um, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Break up the calculator quick. Uh, You know, honestly, one of the things that I do think a lot of fans have blinders on is, you know, despite the flashes that Josh Allen uh, showed last year, despite a lot of the the positive traits, um, really that determination to win, Those are all great things. I'm I'm also predicting that he will improve. I'm also predicting that he is going to be um, a much better quarterback than a lot of people anticipated Mm -hmm. prior to him being drafted. Mm -hmm. With all that said, with all those disclaimers, so hopefully none of us get tomatoes (laughs) thrown at us. (laughs) You really have to admit that he had a pretty lousy season Mm -hmm. from a statistical standpoint. And a lot of people will say, you know, he really started to come on towards the end of the year. And yeah, he did. Um, But we also had our easiest opponents for the most part at the end of the year. So you really got to know, or really kind of wonder, you know, what's mm. what's the reality? Uh, which is the the smoke? Where's the fire? You know, kind of deal. What really are we getting with this guy? Mm-hmm. So you know, the outlier for an average gain would be 234, you know, per game. Um, I have the laptop in front of me for that one. <laughs> so <laughs> the best case was about 120 yards per game improvement. That's your absolute outlier that only puts him at like 280, 270 Mm -hmm. per game. And I just don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see that huge of a jump. Would it be great? Sure. But predicting that he's one of those statistical outliers, it's really just hard to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And two thirty four puts him just under four thousand yards because he would need, um, two hundred and fifty yards per game to make that. Okay, in 16 yeah. <laughs> games. I just did. I just used my calculator real quick. Excellent, thank you. I'm <laughs> no sweating that no a little bit. No problem. I got you, Jack. Um, <laughs> um, training camp is coming up soon. Um, which players or different types of battles will you be watching closely in camp and preseason?
1: Definitely, that like I said, the loss in the Murphy one is going to be mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Lawson's in the contract year, but Murphy has a lot of buzz. So that's going to be a big one. Like The lineman is going to be huge again. Mm-hmm. Um, can Ty Inseki, who I'm really high on, can he lock down a spot? Or is he going to be, you know, the swing tackle? Where's he going to fall into? Um, you know, is it going to be uh, John Feliciano? Is it going to be, uh, you know, one of the other guys mm-hmm. stepping up, Adrian Waddle? Mm-hmm. You know, we got all these new guys. We don't know how they're going to fit. We don't know what the best five is going to look like. And really, you're looking at probably – three out of the five spots have a realistic chance of a battle going on. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, You know, on defense, I think we're mostly set (laughs) apart from that other one. So it's kind of an odd feeling, Mm -hmm. Um, but will Ed Oliver, take Kyle Williams spot. You know, is he really going to take that jump right from the gate and take over, or is he going to be worked in slowly? Mm -hmm. That'll be a fun one to watch obviously. Um, And then of course, the biggest one, the flashiest one, the wide receivers, who's Mm going to step up and, and do that. Zay Jones been putting on a lot of work. Um, you know, I was one of his biggest critics in year one. Um, and I said, he's going to need a big jump to even get to an average receiver. Um, you know, I was very critical of him. I, I hate pointing guys out like that, but um, he was one I did. And you know what? He did it. He made that big jump. He got to where I would consider him a, a pretty good wide receiver. So can you do it again? Can you make another jump in year three? I, I do want to see that. He seems like a hell of a guy. Um, and I'd like to see him do that. So. Again, does my gut and the data say it's likely? And eh, maybe not, but my heart's telling me let's root for Zay Jones. Um, Cole Beasley's been killing it on social media for Bills fans. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see him and break out. Um, but you know, you want to see the other guys do well. Um, uh, and really, uh, all, all those spots should be pretty exciting on that wide receiver group.
2: Yeah. And, and just for the record, you were hundred percent right for being critical of Zay Jones that first season. That was, yeah. a, that was pretty, it was a pretty rough first season. Let's, let's be honest, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think he recognized it too. It's part of, part of his charm. I don't think he's, um, you know, one of those guys that can come out and inflate himself unjustly. Um, mm-hmm. so it's easy to root for him,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and this has nothing to do with what I was going to ask you, but, um, in my opinion, I don't think he should have been put in that position to begin with. I think that Zay Jones drafted as a second round wide receiver. Wide receiver being one of the toughest positions to automatically come into the league and start in. Um, sure. I I think that due to the trades and and losing all the free agents that they had lost that season, he was forced into position. I I don't think he should have been in even even as good of a, of an acumen that he had coming out of college. Um, that that maybe he shouldn't have been put in that position. So even though, you know, the criticism was fair, um and I know that some wide receivers are outliers and they do really well their rookie season, um it's just usually not the case and and I'm I'm surprised. I'm, I'm he showed flashes of of um issues catching the ball last season, but I think he's improved and and usually third years are the breakouts for 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 wide receivers if they're going to break out. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you yeah. were completely fair with that, that first season. Yeah, so.
1: fingers crossed. And like you said, though, I mean, that was um, on offense that whole year was just a fiasco. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he stood out a little bit more than some of the other guys. But to say that it was just him uh, having a rough year would certainly be an understatement.
2: Well, you know, it, it seems that this regime, when they can, they try to let guys sit, you know, and kind of give them not like a red shirt year. But they, you know, like last year with Josh Allen, like he was not supposed to be the starter at all. And then he was just kind of thrust into it. Like a lot <laughs> yeah. of players, like unless there's absolutely no one behind you, then you have to start like Tremaine Edmonds. Like there was absolutely no one that could start besides him. And he was drafted really high, but usually they try to let guys sit a while. Like look at, for example, Siran Neal, right? I mean, he could become the big nickel this season. Sure. And he just basically had a redshirt year last season, did some special teams, did some, you know, rotations, but um, really, really not a big factor. So. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, and uh, I put a little bit of a caveat on that. I think they do occasionally pick some some players with that idea of, um, you know, we want you to be the man. Tremaine Edmonds stands out, um, but, you know, going back to Zay Jones where the it originated. I agree 100. percent You know they drafted him and then they basically said the heck with the rest of the wide receiver group. We're gonna rip it to shreds, mm-hmm. um, just like what happened with uh, with Josh Allen starting and oh yeah, you know it backfired. So absolutely,
2: yeah, victims of circumstance almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you let's let's switch gears from your all 22 analysis and things like that to winging it. So right. um, you do a great column each week during the regular season called Winging It, where you give readers a recipe based on their opponent. Um, so which was your favorite one that you did last season?
1: Uh, I mean, if you've been uh, looking at the pictures, I've, I've done a couple of things um, really to do callbacks during the off season. So if you've been following the pictures, it's got to be the knish from the second New York Jets game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, to me, just that's the one that stood out. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's the one that took the longest, or prep and really was the hardest one to make or or just the idea of you know garbage plate in a affordable pocket. Mm-hmm. Um that one's definitely my favorite.
2: <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It wasn't a true garbage plate though, right? Because Oh, absolutely it was. A- <laughs> was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I will <laughs>
1: die on the, the Max L that is not a good addition hill. That is the hill I'm willing to go down on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, as a Rochesterian is growing up in the area and living in Buffalo for some time in Rochester, I feel like um, Max salad and French fries is the most popular, but I have seen baked beans. Off- now I've never seen anyone order it, but I know that <laughs> it is it is an option. <laughs> so and, and you know, to me, I'm not a big beans fan. If so, because I've done home fries, French fries, I've sure. done French fries, Max salad. I've just never done the ba- the baked beans part of it.
1: Yeah, to me, that's just a, that's a flavor profile. So I'm not a big fan of Max salad to begin with. But oh, you know, yeah. if you're looking, um, you're looking at a lot of what goes into it. You know, some of the maybe put some onion, celery, oh, yeah. those kinds of things. You know, mayonnaise is probably one of your more flavorful <laughs> ingredients, which mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of, uh-huh. um, and to me, it doesn't pair well with the sauce. So, yeah. uh, for me, it's really that baked bean has that barbecue appeal, mm-hmm. uh, which going with the rest of it is really just um, the highlight. So, yeah, personal preference, but yeah. I will, like I said, I will go to bat for the baked beans <laughs> because salad is you know, <laughs>
2: uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so I mean, you've you've had uh, just a regular garbage plate before, correct? yeah actually no, yes.
1: uh prior to uh you know the original owner passing I was down at the downfill downtown one oh,
2: okay.
1: um you know had had the original plate wow. so to speak so yeah
2: so this is a big controversy between people I know and people that are friends with garbage <laughs> plates are you one of the people that puts like so there's two people there's either people that like drench their garbage plates and catch up and there's people that don't use it at all that just like Ugh, why would you want to use that which 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 side are you on?
1: I'm um, open to ketchup, but it's not for me personally. Okay. You know, you go and go more for our, um, you know, spicy barbecue flair, like mm-hmm. I said, with the beans and mm-hmm. um, ketchup can be a component of that in one of the sauces, but it shouldn't be a dominant addition. So, okay. I'm team. a big fan of adding that spicy mustard on top.
2: So, are there any recipes on your radar for this season already, without even without giving anything away?
1: I don't. Know. I, I think a couple of them are going to be pretty predictable. So do of mind giving you know at least one away. Um, you know, people really uh, when I ask for. For ideas for recipes Um, not too long ago called out the coney dog for uh for Cincinnati and uh, I don't think there's any way I can get around that and I I don't think I'd want to avoid it so (laughs) there's so many elements that are going to be great to do Um, Mm I'm really looking forward to that one Mm -hmm. um you know a couple really good ideas somebody threw out uh buffalo chicken lasagna I think I saw that once or twice Mm -hmm. um so you know I might throw that one in there that one sounds like it might be pretty good um you know which game it'll go with you know I got nine games where <laughs> i already did the city so yeah yeah <laughs> uh you know i have some flexibility which is good so yeah. people came up with some good stuff um you know if, if you're listening to this and you gave me a suggestion in the comments for that one know that I've, I've already compiled a list of all those suggestions um you know a lot of them are wonderful and um you know i'm g- guessing a lot of them will probably make it in the, the series
2: okay great i was actually going to Um, make a suggestion for the Conies. My sister lived in Cincinnati for a few (laughs) years. So it's like, though, are you going to use authentic Skyline chili? Uh,
1: I I probably will do my own version because I think that's probably one of the better opportunities to implement the wing sauce. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Skyline chili is a, you know, I've never had truly authentic, but um, I've had a couple of facsimiles and it's really not that far off from your flavor profile and your your uh, methodology for mm-hmm. your garbage plate mm-hmm. meat sauce. So, oh, no, no. Yeah, I think you can. Um, I think you work with that. So you know, it's going to be a little bit of a modification mm-hmm. from you know the garbage pockets that I did last year. Yep. Um, but not entirely different. So it'll just be a little bit of a twist.
2: Yeah, you know, it's the only thing I've ever come across in in different um, in different cities type of cuisine where it's almost exactly like the hot sauce for a garbage plate, but it's just it's just got a little bit more of a chili taste to it. It's it's such a, like yeah. a, a fine meat. Sauce is yeah, just and gonna...
1: uh, That's one of the things, um, with the, the garbage plate, not every place does it, but you know, you go, uh, and especially way back in the day, I don't want to tell people exactly how old I'm getting, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it used to be, you know, there's ground beef and then they're, you know, really ground beef, kind of like the skyline chili. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I was recommending for the garbage plates is you know, you get the ground beef, you brown it, and then you're just going to throw in a blender, you know, you want to get it even finer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, just because it may not be, uh, getting all the attention it at will when I write the recipe, but I did take a quick peek already at some skyline chili recipes. And, um, the key to that flavor, if, if you're listening, you want to cook, you want to get that chili flavor. Don't be shy with cumin. Yeah. Um, it's an mm-hmm. ingredient that once you realize what it brings out, mm-hmm. you'll never go back. So yeah. that that's one of the key differences. Um, I think between the two sauces and, um, you know like like I said I'm really looking forward to that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really I'm really glad you're going with the the conies and the hot dogs as, as opposed to the other Cincinnati uh, the famous Cincinnati dish with the skyline chili which is like spaghetti and chili, yeah. which is just kind of weird. To I mean, me.
1: eh. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on now. Come on. Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I get it. You know, I've been there where noodles is one of the most expensive things you can afford, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, eh. I know. I know. Eh.
2: <laughs> so that's great. I'm going to be really looking forward to, you know, we'll be reading, looking forward to reading all your articles, Jeff into training camp and in anticipation for the regular season on Buffalo Um, Where can folks find you on social media?
1: Well, really about the only place I'm, I'm, really active is on twitter and uh you look for scarecrow with the signature double Ks. that'll probably find me uh if you really feel like spelling and getting wrist cramp you can look for jeff underscore kantrowski which is a little bit of a play on words because usually that underscore is reserved for when there's a ton of people with your name and there really just is not so uh you type in either of those names it'll probably get you where you're looking for um and as always, you can always just click on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, pages, and you'll find you know all of us at our respective uh, social media places.
2: Okay, great. Well, uh, Jeff, it's, it's really been a pleasure finally catching up with you. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and thank you so much for coming on the Circling the Wagons podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Thanks again to Scarecrow for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Kentrowski, and check out all of his work on BuffaloRumblings.com. Also check out our Bill's Tea Public Store, where we just put out our Game of Thrones-inspired Bill's shirt with the slogan, Winning is Coming. And we're also posting our House Buffalo design this week, and that has to do with kind of like a take on House Targaryen, House Stark, House Lannister, and all those cool things from Game of Thrones. So it's kind of a cool Buffalo Bill's crest that we put together here. Um, we're also going to be posting new bills designs each week until training camp. So check those out, give us some feedback, let us know what you think about them. Uh, We put some work and effort to it and we think they're pretty cool. So find that in all of our designs on sale at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And we also have our famous Josh Allen hurtling the haters design and the McDermott Trust of Process design up there as well. So that site again is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod now the ctw pod is just like our twitter handle at ctw pod like circling the wagons pod so give us a follow there we're almost at 2500 followers and um obviously appreciate each and every one of you for following us um please hit the subscribe button on your podcast channel um, with our podcast matt's q a podcast anthony's breaking buffalo rumblings the blitz bills podcast and the great editions of believe and the Nick and Nolan show. We have you guys covered in all bills fronts all year round. So for me, Nate go bills. Thanks for giving us a listen. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's charlie, tango, whiskey, pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at
0: ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.